Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. You've got seven seconds. Make them count, says our guest, Sylvie D. Gusto a world-renowned keynote speaker who helps individuals and organizations explore how people make up their minds very quickly about them or their company and either open the door for them or slam it shut. In this episode, we're discussing how to make a great first impression. Sylvie is the author of The Image of Leadership and Fair Advantage, as well as mind and producer behind dozens of corporate and individual online courses, including her own innovative How You Impress Mobile Learning Lab. I'm so excited to have Sylvie on today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. You certainly make your seven seconds count, not just on this podcast, but all is when I have the pleasure to see you in person. I'm just instantly impressed and drawn to you. Oh, well, thank you. My first impression when I had the pleasure of meeting you, I didn't even actually get to meet you initially just yet, but my first impression was this gorgeous woman who walked into this room with poise and confidence. And then, of course, among the first introductions into the group was the fact that you had donated money to the National Speaker Association, our local chapter, to support emerging speakers. And that in itself speaks to your character. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that because obviously looking good is great, but it's not enough. You also have to follow through with your actions. And it is such an honor to be part of the National Speakers Association, a community that has given me so much throughout the past years. So I'm just glad and honored and humbled to give back. And if anybody is listening, they are thinking, I want to become a professional speaker too, but possibly I don't have the education or the financial means to make this happen. There is a fantastic speaker university here in Florida. It's virtual, so you can join from anywhere and you can apply for a scholarship that I was so lucky to be allowed to bring to life where we support those who want to enter the stages with us. Yes. And it was very near and dear to my heart that the person that you happen to bring part of that scholarship to is a veteran. And me being a military spouse, it just spoke to my heart. So thank you so much for your generosity and helping our emerging speakers. Thank you very much for recognizing it. You've said you've got seven seconds, make it count. But before we dig into some of these questions, I would love to hear about your background. What's your experience? How did you get into doing what you're doing now and becoming this expert on first impressions? Hmm. I have 20 years of corporate experience. I worked in organizations around the world in HR. Usually I was involved if somebody got hired or fired. And what always was interesting for me is that I found that 
when people entered the room, they said all the right things, they behaved exactly the way we wanted them to behave, they looked exactly the way we wanted them to behave. And then we had to fire them because of a total lack of performance. And I wondered why didn't we identify anyone within our organization as potential leader for that position, realizing that some of the great, young, ambitious people we had just didn't stand out to us as leadership material or potential. And I got so frustrated that we very often, we hire people because of their hard skills, and then we fire them because of their soft skills or lack of soft skills. I wanted to find the gap in between and studied a lot around emotional intelligence and first impressions and how you present yourself and how you are perceived and what people think about you when they think about you. 20 years later, my life dream came true. I moved to the United States. What you actually hear here, this accent that is a Spanish grandmother, an Italian grandfather, a French father, and an Austrian mother. But I always wanted to live in the United States, and that came true. And then I just switched places. I moved over and said, in the meantime, I have this corporate experience and this knowledge about emotional intelligence. Why do I not just combine that and help leaders in organizations find out how they are perceived by the world and what impact it has on their leadership potential, what impact it has on a customer decision-making process, what impact it has how they perceive themselves. You were correct in saying the science around the first impressions. We do make a either positive or negative impression within seven seconds. It's very short. Yes. And let's talk a little bit about what do first impressions say about us? Mm-hmm. You just mentioned that either make a positive or a negative first impression, but there is one more, which is Ooh. in the middle. And that is actually the worst if you don't make an impression at all, if you are just blending in, if you don't stand out, if you are just communicating some sort of average aura around you. But let's go back to the first impressions. We know that, and it really doesn't depend on if it's seven seconds, a millisecond. There are different studies out there with different results, but they all have in common that we know that we instantly create an opinion about somebody. Do we trust them? Do we think that they are successful? Do we think that they are knowledgeable? In fact, we even decide instantly, are we going to buy from them? Are we going to buy into them? Those decisions are based on what I call the A, B, C, D, E of your initial imprint. And if you don't mind, I'm quickly going to run you through that model. Yes, please. I want to hear this model. Yes, that explains to you why people think of you the way that they think of you. The A stands for your appearance, like it or not, the way you look. We are visual creatures. Our brains are actually quite lazy. They don't like to work, so they take a shortcut through our eyes. That includes your body image. Are you tall? Are you short? Does your body look healthy? The clothes you cover your body with, your hair, your makeup, your accessories, the entire visual picture that you create. Looking good is great, but it's not enough. As I said, at one point, you're going to behave. Your attitude, your emotional intelligence, your business etiquette skills. How do you negotiate, for example? How do you handle conflicts? How do you behave in micro moments that might not be important for you, but very important for the person across of you? And then at one point, you are going to say something. So it's the C for communication, how you say it and what you say it. 
This includes your voice. Your voice is a very powerful tool. It's like an instrument that we play every day, but we never learn how to play that instrument. And about what you say, we know that the first 11 words in average, in every conversation, are the most important ones. How do you start conversation? Are you prepared? Are you signaling to the other person that you know something about them? Or do you just waste them with saying, how are you doing? And then move on. ABC, that is a model that is out there since years, has nothing to do with me. What I've added, though, is the D and the E. Because nowadays, most often, we don't make a first impression anymore in person. We make it in some sort of digital way. You send out emails every single day. Somebody Googles your name right now and makes a decision to call you or not. What do your social media profiles say about you? Don't be fooled when you think your social media is private and has nothing to do with the professional that you are. If there are two things that don't belong together, it's the internet and it's private. And we also have to recognize that your environment, it's not just about you. So E for environment is something that we take in consideration too. When we create opinions about each other, who are the people you hang out with? Who do you surround yourself? How does your office look like? I mean, the pandemic has shown us that we can look in everybody's home, kitchen, bedroom, home office. What does that say about you? Or where do you go on vacation? Which car do you drive? Everything that surrounds you will also impact the way people think about you. Thank you very much for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) I will be sure to include the link to your TED Talk in the show notes. For those of you who want to... I'm so glad that you brought up about this digital kind of footprint because there have been times where I've done workshops for companies and we talk about branding. We associate a brand with Starbucks, Nordstrom's, and yet we forget sometimes that we are actually our own brand. And our brand and the secret sauce to our brand is how do we show up in person? How do people feel when we leave the room? What impression, as you said, do we make? What is our brand representation on social media? Which is why I'm a big advocate of everybody being on LinkedIn. That is a part of your brand Mm -hmm. as well as your accomplishments and your performance and following up in the actions that you say that you're going to do. So I'm glad that you brought up that digital aspect of our impression. Yes. There are two extremes to go. Some people decide to not care at all and just put out whatever they think that they want to put out. And they frame it under the title of being authentic. But I think there is a misbelief that authenticity means that you don't have to care. It simply doesn't mean that. Authenticity means that you're true to yourself. But for example, on social media, still show the things that speak for you and not against you and that cannot hunt you down after a while. And then there is the other extreme people saying, even as a professional in an organization, I don't need a digital footprint. Why should I be out there? But the reality nowadays is, have you ever Googled a name and didn't find anything about that person? You are kind of, hmm, that is weird. Does that person even exist? I agree with you what I encourage professionals always to do, have at least a LinkedIn profile that they at least can find you with your skills, with your experiences, with your achievements on LinkedIn, because you also don't know what opportunities you are missing out because they can't find you. 
there's no reason for you to be active on all the other platforms. However, get your name. Make sure that you own your name on the internet. Own your name on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. Whatever platform comes out, instantly go online and reserve your name. You don't have to tweet. You don't have to post. You can even create an inbox with an email address where all those emails go there and you ignore them. But the reality is if you don't own your name on the internet, somebody else can own it. And at one point, you could fight against somebody else's footprint that he or she or they leaves behind. And then it's hard for you to catch up. I've experienced that firsthand because I've had multiple people who have taken my profile They've screenshot the images and then they create these fake profiles. What I've noticed is as I've started to be more active on social media, I've also seen some more imposters trying to act on behalf of me, which I'm glad that you say own your social media handle, your name, whether you're active or not. Just make sure that you are in control of your brand representation on social media. Yes. This is very easy to say if you have a very uncommon name like I have. Chances are little that there is somebody else with that handle. So it was easy for me to grab all the handles. It's a little bit more difficult if you have a very common name. Then think about variations. Maybe you have a middle name that you can put in there. But make sure that you are identifiable. You as an individual on all the platforms that it's you. Because in the worst case, what if tomorrow... A celebrity, for example, gets famous and then with the same name is all over the internet or somebody gets famous for something horrible he, she or they have done and takes over your space. And people don't take the time to research. Is that you or is it not you? Be very careful with the space you have to own on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yep. In addition to first impressions, how do first impressions impact how others perceive us, as well as how we perceive ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling burnt out and overwhelmed? Want to advance your career or find a new job? Maybe you want to build an impactful and profitable business. I left a highly successful Fortune 500 sales career to help people develop the grit, resilience, and courage necessary to thrive in a complex and changing market. In the show notes, you will find free workbooks with tips and strategies for attracting your dream job, advancing your career, preventing burnout, and building a business. Take advantage of your free workbook by downloading it now. Have you ever tried to memorize a list of 20 items? Yes, and it's nearly impossible for me. (laughs) Which ones do you usually remember the most? Ooh, items. I don't know. I'm not so good at memorizing things, which is why I'm always writing them down. Yes. Good idea. But usually remember the most, the first ones. Oh, yes. And the last ones. Mm -hmm. And we forget a lot of things that happen in the middle. Or sometimes when we go into meetings, we remember the first things that happened and then the last things that happened. And with both informations, we walk out and incredibly biased. A lot of my work is about unconscious bias, unconscious bias that works for you or against you and the way you think about yourself, as well as others perceive you. 
And that is the biggest problem with first impressions. It's not so much about the first impression and what you can do in those seven seconds or four seconds. It is what happens afterwards, which biases are working against you. For example, if you have a job candidate applying in your company and he, she, they walks in, you notice something sloppy on their appearance, anything. I promise you, your brain is wired in a way that you automatically look for more sloppiness. It's confirmation bias working against that candidate. You will find the sloppiness in their behavior and the words that they say. You will find the sloppiness in the material they brought. If they printed their CV and there is one typo, your brain will find it and confirm that this person really must be sloppy. And then you make your decisions. But you can also use that to your advantage. By giving people in the beginning what you want them to think about you instantly, confirmation bias will work for you. To do that, you have to identify first, what should my first impressions be? And what should the end goal, the lasting impression be? And only if you know that you can adjust your appearance, behavior, communication, digital footprint, and environment based on that goal that you want to imprint that information, and hopefully bias is working for you rather than against you. So we can use it to our advantage if we go in really thinking about what do we want the perception to be of us and how does it model our behavior? Very often when we talk about unconscious bias, people have an approach that we need to eliminate unconscious bias. But that is something we cannot achieve because we all grew up in different cultures, environments, with histories and personal experiences. You will never be able to eliminate it. What you can do, though, is the self-awareness that, first of all, you are biased too. I am biased and so are you and so is every listener. What can you do for yourself to conquer those biases best possible? to be aware of them and realize, oh, I made that decision because of that trigger here. Let's go back and remove the trigger and look from a new perspective. And second, being aware that everybody approaches you through their filters. That's why there is no one-size-fits-all formula. I can't tell you what the best first impression is, because even if you create your first best impression in your mind, It's still perceived by different filters, different generations, different genders, different races. But this is your only opportunity to control it. And if you don't control your brand, as you know, then somebody else will control it. Mm -hmm. Taking control of the narrative of what people will say about us and what we want people to say about us. Okay, what happens if we make a bad first impression and how can we recover from a bad first impression? First of all, you need to realize we all make it. I make bad first impressions. You make first impressions. So I always encourage people, forgive yourself. That is the first step because the great thing is you are at least aware that you made a bad first impression. And then it depends a little bit on who did it impact? Did it only impact yourself? you yourself don't feel great about yourself, then go back and think about what could I have done better and learn from these lessons. It's a little bit different if your bad first impression impacted somebody else because you offended somebody knowingly or unknowingly. 
there is no better way than to apologize, to go to that person and apologize in a serious and empathetic way and own your mistake and say sorry, not just sorry to say sorry because you really mean it, but also draw consequences on how you will behave, appear, or communicate differently in the future and follow through. Because consistency is the key. If you want to change somebody's opinion about you, you can only be successful if you stay consistent to a specific appearance, behavior, or communication over and over and over again until they eliminate their unconscious bias and thoughts about you and say, well, it was just a one-time thing and it happened. What I'm hearing you say is in addition to a owning it, apologizing for it, but also communicating what that person can expect from you moving forward. And that's an element that I don't necessarily know a lot of us speak to when we take that, I'm sorry, a step further. Yes. We say way too often, I'm sorry. We apologize for things that we don't even are responsible for. For whatever reason, it is really tough for us to say sorry when we know we were responsible for that. And then we need to make a promise and follow through to showcase that we have actually learned something from the incident and really try hard to be consistent and consistent and consistent. For me, with a European background, it is beautiful to observe the American culture here because you are the country of second chances. It is very different with an European cultural background where I always use, without going into politics, but uh, things that happened to former presidents that they have done and they have gotten another chance and another chance and another chance. And a lot of politicians out there that I watch who make a mistake because we all make mistakes and they just make it on a public platform. If they apologize and then follow through with their actions. This is the country of forgiveness. Hmm. I'm glad to hear that because you're right. We do all make mistakes. And I can only imagine how difficult it is when you are on such a high public platform and you've got everybody's eyes that are scrutinizing every action that you're doing, whether you're in politics or celebrity, we're so quick to judge. Instead of taking a step back and saying, we're all human, we're all going to make mistakes be empathetic and give each other that second chance. Exactly. Beautiful sense. You've shared a lot of advice and taking into how we can make great first impressions, what to do if we've made a mistake and made a bad first impression, which I say typically it's okay to make mistakes. Just make sure that they're new and original. Very uh-huh. <laughs> <Nothing> well said. <laughs> what kind of three words of wisdom do you want to leave our audience with now knowing that we remember the first of the conversation and the ending of the conversation, what do you want to leave our audience with today so that they can be making that great first impression? Such a great question. Self-awareness. I think we really take the time and the effort to invest into ourselves in a way that we become more self-aware especially about the amazing human beings that we are, the strengths, the experiences, the values and beliefs, the accomplishments that we have. I have an exercise where I lead us through 15 questions to discover their fear advantage. And it is amazing for me to see how 
really we sit down and create a profile and avatar about ourselves and figure out how unique we actually are, what a unique gift we are to the world. Self-care, the second one. Self-care is probably one of the most underestimated yet most important elements of the way you are perceived. Because if you don't take care of yourself first, people do not think that you have the capability to take care of others. Especially important for leaders in organizations or even if you are on the way to create your own business. If you don't take care of yourself first, people will not buy into the fact that you could possibly take care of them. And then self-control. So self-awareness, self-care, self-control. We are human beings. We are filled with emotions. We so often follow our gut feelings. And those emotions very often and very easily get triggered. Triggered by circumstances. Either those circumstances are in us, we are tired, we are overworked, we didn't take care of ourselves, or they are around us. It's noisy, it's stressful, it's a critical situation. I think the moment you try to better control yourself, the more effective will be your appearance, your behavior, your communication, your digital footprint, and even the environment around you. So it's self-awareness, self-care and self-control are the three words of wisdom you're leaving our audience with on how we can make our first impression. I think this is an episode that I am going to listen to and play back multiple times because you've shared so many words of wisdom and how we can make that first impression, which is important in all areas of our life. Absolutely. And I appreciate that you want to listen to it again and again and again, but you and I are very fortunate that we are actually neighbors and I think we should just meet more often in person. (laughs) Yes, I'm very fortunate. We are also not only neighbors, we're both part of the National Speaker Association, which has become a community of friendship is what my experience has been thus far through the organization. And it's been very welcoming and warming, which is incredible considering that one of the most recent conferences we went to, there was 1,200 people. It was my first influence. And yet I was greeted just with open arms immediately. As we always say, welcome home when you're at the National Speakers Association. And we are so glad and honored to have you because you are such an amazing asset to our group. And I cannot wait until I see you rocking a stage out there and be in your audience and cheer for you. Oh, thank you. For those of you listening, thank you for tuning in and create an intentional day. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.